Okay, pinkies. This is the Faye Driver. And I got lots to talk about today. But first, we have two voice letters that need to be addressed. So we'll get to those first. Uh, Please listen to this message from the Laughing Buddha. Hello, Faye Driver. This is the Laughing Buddha calling your little show. Hello, hey, listen, LB. I've got a bone to pick with oh, you no. about your comments about German beer. Oh, <laughs> as you know, I am huh. both German and Uh-oh. a beer aficionado. Uh-oh. And I have been to the fatherland, and I just want to tell you, you were drinking the wrong beers. Well, yes. Germany has a very rich and robust beer history, and there are all kinds of beer that you could have been drinking that you didn't. And I'm calling with some examples. You could have been drinking Schwarz beer. That is a darker, uh, richer beer. It's a lager, and it originated in Germany, and it has an opaque black color with hints of chocolate or coffee flavors and is generally around 5% alcohol by volume, Mm -hmm. which means it's an easy-drinking beer. You can drink a lot of it without getting sloshed, (laughs) and uh, there's... Bach beers. Is that a German and it's word? That, those are stronger. Schlosch. Still a dark lager. And you could have been drinking alt beer, and there's uh-huh. Meritzins and all kinds of other stuff. If you're drinking Pilsner, you were drinking the German equivalent of America's Bud Light. Yeah. That's not beer. Huh. Anyway, I thought I would call and take umbrage with you. Love your show. Love the hair. Hope you win. Bye. Thanks, Laughing Buddha. Well, I agree. I was drinking the wrong beers. Um, And uh, I didn't have at my disposal a German beer aficionado like yourself to to guide me. Um, And it was really hard to, to know what beer was what because it's, you know everything's in German (laughs) but I did manage to find you know one or two beers that were not your Pilsner style beers and they were fine Um, uh, but by and large the the beer experience was lackluster I know it's it's completely my fault it's no fault of any German people (laughs) so I won't hold it against you (laughs) Um, but it was it was kind of unfortunate I didn't get to have more, uh, better German beers. Um, so next time we go to Europe, we'll just have to take Laughing Buddha, I think. Especially if we're going to Germany. So, uh, thanks. Thanks, Laughing Buddha. Uh, that's a, thank you for the great information. I'm sorry I caused you such umbrage. Um, I thought that was cute. Um, okay, so now... Let us listen to the Scotty the Little Aussie Battler uh, voice message, which I have not heard, but I suspect it might be about the Eiffel Tower. Here we go. 
Hello, Faye Driver. It's Scotty Rosie Butler. And it's been fascinating listening to your little shows about your European travels. Right. Um, except I'm currently listening to the one about going up the mountain in Switzerland and something about it being the tallest but it was only 1,100 feet. 11,000. I think you've said 1,100 feet about five times. No, thousand. And I don't know, I live in a metric country, so I don't know what that is, but I imagine 1,100 feet is like 300 metres tall, so I think you got ripped off in your <laughs> by your uh, travel agent if they took you up a 300 metre high hill and called that a mountain well, that's how tall okay the but is. it's fun listening to and it reminds me how much i miss being and living in europe bye bye scotty thank you it was eleven thousand eight hundred feet um and it wasn't the highest peak it was the highest uh it was structure built or something like that um and uh, that would be about 3,300 meters, I believe. Um, so, uh, uh, sorry if you misheard. If I actually did say 1,100 feet, that was a total misquotation, a misspeaking. It was 11,800 feet. Um, but I suspect I did get it right, and you're just... Uh, needling me. All right, so uh, thank you, Scotty, and thank you, uh, the little Aussie battler. Um, so let's carry on. Let's go back to uh, uh, just a, just going to step back slightly. We went through when we were going from Paris to the Swiss Alps, where the eleven thousand foot mountain was. Uh, we stopped for lunch in, in a little. In, in the area of Burgundy, a little town called Bone, B-A-U-N-E, uh, Bone, uh, and had lunch uh, in a little dinky little town. I may have spoken about this. Um, and then we went on to Switzerland. But then after Switzerland, we went to, uh, where did we go? <clears throat> I have to check my notes. Went through Burgundy, lunch and bone. Oh, then we went to the Rhine Valley. Uh, so we traveled from Switzerland to the Rhine Valley in Germany, where we stopped uh, at the uh, a, a cuckoo clock uh, artisan who made cuckoo clocks. You know, everywhere they we go on this these bus tours, they're always taking us someplace. And they have some sort of contract agreement set up, you know, with these little uh, tourist traps, like the cuckoo clock makers, um, where they say, hey, we'll bring you a busload of people if you do a little presentation for us. So every place that we went to that was a... Um, you know, some sort of a vendor or tourist trap, uh, they all provided us with a tour of some kind or a presentation, and I'll talk about some of them. And one of them was this cuckoo clock factory. 
uh, where we, uh, you know, they talked about the making of the cuckoo clocks, and they even had a special, um, uh, uh, unique cuckoo clock that they made specifically for this particular tour package we were on, called the Expat Tour Cuckoo Clock. So, uh, people actually bought these things. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess it's quaint. You go on a trip. Let's get a cuckoo clock in Germany. Eh, well, it's not my style, but I'm not one for keeping trinkets and getting a lot of stuff. And of course, we went to. We also went to a wine vintner, where you know the big one of the big things they were pushing was the, the ice wine. And if you don't know what ice wine is, ice wine is a super sweet, syrupy, dessert-style wine uh, that they get when right at the end of the season when every, uh, you're just about to freeze. The wine vines get down to like zero degrees or three degrees or some specific magic temperature. And then I think they actually have to freeze so it'd be below zero or around freezing point. Um, the, the grapes freeze and this makes the sugars come out and they get, they get these vines, these grapes off the vine, right? It's specifically a perfect moment. And then they turn it into wine as fast as possible within hours so they can capture these sweet sugars from, from the grape. So they charge, it costs a lot of money to make because they got to hire all these workers and get this wine picked and, and processed really quickly so it's extremely expensive wine uh, you know we've had we've had ice wine here in British Columbia for decades so this is not a new thing for me um, but many people may not have heard of ice wine before so anyway you know another thing oh we'll bring 40 people to your wine shop and uh, push the ice wine they'll all buy some <laughs> Right, so a bunch of people are buying ice wine, and like, how are you gonna transport all this stuff home? Cuckoo clocks and bottles of wine. Oh, we'll just ship it to you. Okay, so for a hundred dollars shipping, we'll send your corked wine to, to, you know, Canada. No, thank you. I'll buy ice wine from the, off the vine here in the Okanagan Valley. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, so we went through the Rhine. Now the Rhine Valley has the largest concentration of castles in one area. Now this is not the most castles. You have to be very careful about what you know, what I. You have to understand what I said. It's very carefully worded. The largest concentrations of castles in a, in a specific area. You know, just like the just like the podcast awards. Oh, we came up with these awards and we awarded ourselves a podcast award. Um, uh, so we went through the Rhine Valley. This was actually kind of fun. We got on one of those river boats. So this is a really long boat um, with tables in it and, you know, a seating deck up top. And you can order lunch or beer, another lackluster beer. Um <clears throat> I mean, mostly because I don't know, I don't know that a Gürgeschlauche is a dark beer. So, um, 
and you know these, these German people are very curt <laughs> so I was asking what well, can you describe these beers beers for me and they're like yes it's a beer <laughs> okay great I'll have that one then <laughs> so it was kind of hard to find a good beer anyway we were on this boat going up and down this river well we just went one way but going up this river and this Rhine River is like very popular method of transportation there are all kinds of boats like cargo boats and grain boats and gas boats and so uh, they're, they're transporting a lot of their goods and merchandise on this Rhine River and of course there's all these tourist boats too I mean Europe has got this tourism thing down pat they this is a smooth running machine Everywhere you went, there was some sort of tourist thing happening, or throngs of tours, tour buses. I mean, they, every little town, they all these dinky little towns we went to, like, boom, and wherever we were in the Rhine Valley, um, uh, they have a, a complete infrastructure for tour buses, you know, they got these tour bus landing spots, and... Uh, like they are dialed in on their tourism so if you ever do go to Europe expect that uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be facing an onslaught of uh, tourist traps and and all of these uh, amenities for tour tourists um, but anyway so we got on this boat uh, we got on this boat and it was a great oh Jesus Murphy motorcycle guy a guy on a motorcycle wearing a, wearing a rubber tire around his waist. He's driving like a thousand cc motorcycle and he just swooped in on me and forced the traffic in the opposite lane to drive on the shoulder because he wanted to pass. We're in a huge lineup of cars on this single lane highway. I'm going to Costco, by the way. This is my Costco run. Anyway, there goes Mr. Tire Man. He's going to got another passing zone and he's off there he goes passing one two three three cars he passed he didn't cause anybody to drive off the road this time and he's gonna go again clear traffic passing lane and he's gone front of the motorhome uh, wearing a spare tire like you would wear a belt <laughs> like a full car tire Oh God! A, we're, we're this is hillbilly country. Um, <laughs> okay, where was I? Um, the Rhine River Valley. So yes, there were a lot of castles as we went up the Rhine River. Um, uh, but but it was really it was really very leisurely. I had a beer um, on the river boat. And we had a we had a nice time. I enjoyed that. I, I really enjoy, honestly, I quite enjoy this, you know, being coddled by the tour guides and being driven around and being told, okay, you're getting on a riverboat now and we're going to dilly-dally up the river and look at all the scenery. And I'm like, awesome, that's great. Let's do it. So, so it was a lot of, I quite enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, uh, okay, so let's leave the river, the river Rhine. We got oh the other thing. So this, where did we go from there? We 
we went from the River Rhine, um, uh, clocks, I can't remember where we had the dinner, we went to the ice wine people, then we went on to the Netherlands, uh, Holland, and Amsterdam. Um, and Amsterdam was a hoot, but I'm going to have to tell you about Amsterdam later. Um, cause I'm, I gotta, I gotta pull off the highway and do my first chore. But here's another thing I'm going to talk about just before we close out today, the toilets. So when you're traveling in Europe, particularly in Paris or, you know, once we got away from England, the UK, um, we're, uh, traveling through, uh, France and Switzerland and then into, uh, Germany and Belgium, all these places, um, they have these roadside stops. Now, if you're a tour bus operator, you're required to stop every X number of hours and give the driver a rest and everybody has to get off the bus. So this is reasonable to me. I fully understand that the bus drivers need to uh, have their brakes. It's all legislated, right? Um, so everywhere in Europe on the major highways, they have these rest areas. But it's not like any old rest area. Certainly nothing like I've ever seen in Canada. Um, like these places are huge. It's a, it's a whole... Um, uh, mercantile, mer mercantile merchandising affair where they have, uh, you know, chain restaurants and, and these rest stops are chains. So you get off at the rest stop. There's all this infrastructure for the bus tours. So the buses park in the bus zone and the car drivers park in the car zone and the, and the truckers, lorry drivers park in the lorry zone. And then you go into these giant buildings and they're like little malls, right? Where you have various numbers of choices for uh, uh, food. So chain restaurant food, fast food restaurants. And then bathrooms, of course, and tourist stores like buy a little flag of Netherlands. Uh, here's our local mascot, the, the little mascot made out of wood from the cuckoo tree or whatever right so you got all those things and then you have the toilets now when you're traveling you always got to use you know often got to use the toilet well the toilets are all cost a euro or a pound to use and you can't get into the toilet until you plug your money or swipe your card into the the toilet ticket dispenser <laughs> so you got these long lineups of people um you know, fighting with this machine, you know, we're all idiots from Canada, we don't know, what does a Euro coin look like? And, and, and so, you know, you're trying to feed all the required coins into the thing. It can be quite frustrating, especially when you have to pee. So, um, and then once you finally got your ticket, then you're allowed to go, you grab your ticket and you can go through the gate 
swing, you know, electronic gate swings open and then you go in and use the bathroom. Most of these bathrooms are quite nice because they're charging everybody a dollar to use it. So they're clean. Most of them are pretty clean. The German ones were the cleanest and most efficient. Um, and, uh, and then you, if you keep your little ticket, um, you can use your ticket for a discount when you go to the, the, um, uh, the, the restaurant or the tourist shop or wherever you're going. So we, first few times we made the mistake of, of getting food and then going to the bathroom. And we soon figured out that actually we need to go to the bathroom first, get our discount ticket, and then go through the, the, the restaurant. So you get your 50 cents or a euro. Sometimes they're 50 cents discount. Sometimes it's a full euro discount. So uh, there's a little, there's my tip and trick for you. And the other thing is I have never seen this concept of these mega rest stops because here in Canada we have gas stations you just go to the gas station you use the gas station bathroom the gas station might have like a white spot in it or a Wendy's or something like that sometimes so uh, this European model of major mall um, at just in the middle of the country somewhere is new to me. Now, I do believe they have these in the U.S. in many places, uh, but certainly not that I've seen in the Pacific Northwest, where it's primarily where I've driven. So that was another interesting thing. All right, so that's going to be it for me today. Now, I still have probably another episode to talk about the remainder of our little trip, and then I'm going to tell you about some maybe another story or two about some of the other people on the bus all right i am the fade driver thanks to laughing buddha and scotty the little aussie battler for sending in uh, uh, voicemails i appreciate that immensely if you want to send a voicemail you can email it to podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com And in Switzerland, we went to the top of a mountain, a mountain called Jungfrau Jok, uh, where we went 10, uh, no, 11,800 feet high. 